just to say that um, we would love to invite you. Hopefully, you got the email from me um, that obviously included the sad news about Evelyn, but also invited you to the day formerly known as a leadership training day on the... Thank you. Seventh. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a test. I couldn't remember. On the 7th of October. Um, we would love you, please, to come. If, if at all you can, we would love you to come. That would be amazing. I don't even really quite know what the day is going to hold, but it's going to be some worship, some ministry, some talking about what we sense God is saying to us and where we're heading. And, and if in any sense you feel like this church is either your home family or you would like it to be, I would encourage you it to... It is for absolutely everybody. <laughs> Especially you. Um, so we would love you to come. And it will be 10 till 4, something like that. Um, uh, more details to come out, but please ch- try and get that date in your diary. We'd love to see you. That'd be amazing. So this is the last of our panels. And what we've been doing is, over the summer, is we have been working through these. Now, hopefully you have one of these cards. Uh, these are the aims. So who we are, we're a family on a mission who creates spaces for people to encounter God, etc. Um, what are we like? Well, that's the culture. And we've, many of us have been through the culture journals and we've, we've been exploring that, and that's obviously that's a work that's never done because it describes who we are. And this is essentially what do we do? We try and fulfill these aims as best we can. And we've gone through them all, and there is one left. And I have to say, we have honestly saved the best till last. And it is, number one, increasing people's connection to God as Father. That is our, one of our chief aims here is to increase people's connection to God, knowing him as a father. So we have the, you'll see those three sub-aims. We're not going to go into those today. They are for people, increasing opportunities for people to encounter God is for people who maybe haven't yet said yes to Jesus, then encouraging decisions of yes to Jesus, and then helping people grow in their relationship with Father God. We're not going to break those down today. But the, the emphasis of this morning is increasing people's connection to God as dad, as Abba, as Papa. So we have with us Mr. Mike Bell, Mr. Ollie Maddox, and Mrs. Anna Sherman. Um, And we have done absolutely zero preparation. Very intentionally, because I know these three know God as a father, and so we just want to hear from them, right? Because what I want by the end, I don't know about you, I don't know whether you just want to be entertained. If not, I'm not sure I've picked the right three. But I want, by the end of this morning, within the next half an hour, I want to feel like I know him more. I want insight. Sometimes when someone talks about how they know God as dad, I think, oh, yeah, wow, I want that. That's cool. So that's what we want for this morning. Um, so can you just introduce yourself briefly, Mike, please? Mike on the mic, yep. Just a couple of lines about yourself. Mike Bell. Um, Great. <laughs> Started well. Um, have you lived in Ashford a long while? Uh, about 25, nearly 26 years. Okay, and when did you first say yes to Jesus? How long ago? In a time before time began. Um, 19, yep. February the 2nd, 1973. Wow. <laughs> earth calling, earth calling. <laughs> I wasn't even one. <laughs> 
We just need to sit on that for a minute. Hang on. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Before time In- began. Incredible. Right? <laughs> yeah, before time began. Um, Mr. Ollie Maddox, who are you and, and how long have you known God? Uh, I'm Ollie. Uh, I've known God for about six months now. Wow, come on. <laughs> Since you said some kind of yes. Brilliant. And Anna? Um, I'm Anna. Um, I gave my yesterdays about seven and walked through church, etc., etc. But it grew and grew and grew and grew. I wouldn't say it was a wham bam straight away. And it's grown ever since, really. But you initially said yes to him when you were about seven. About seven years old at an Ishmael concert. Oh, was it? Ishmael? <laughs> yes. Oh. Do you know, I don't know where he is, and I doubt that he's watching, but if you are Ishmael, thank you. You did so much. And you've helped my wife to memorise so much more scripture by your songs. Because um, she sings them at me. Uh, so, Mike. Uh-huh. What does God... What does God, as a dad, what does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose I'd, I'd, I'd been walking the Christian life until 1994 when um, there was a move of God, when God revealed himself as Father. And in that situation, I was just exposing myself to that and what's going on, and... Um, I was stood up, and he started loving me in a way that I'd never felt before. It was drenching. It was overcoming. And I actually just started running off at the mouth and said, I want to love like you love. I don't care what it costs. Now, when a parent hears that from their kid, they're delighted. (laughs) And I felt that delight. And uh, God is love. And it never fails. So I was on a journey from then, really accelerated journey learning to love no matter what it cost and what that happened in what year 94 94 yeah. you said you initially said yes to jesus in 73 yeah what what was going on between 73 and 94 then um, in terms of god as father yeah uh basically i'm just remembering the step change in 94 but um Yes, I suppose a lot of these things you, you start with Jesus and you focus on Jesus and getting to know Jesus and uh, baptising the Spirit and those sort of things that are uh, moving giftings and stuff. But um, yeah, the fatherhood of God, I, I suppose I really didn't appreciate in those, those, those first years, those first 20 years. So when God, is it, can I use the language revealed himself to you as father in 94? Would that be yeah, a fair, okay. that's fair yeah. language? Okay. So when you had that encounter with God and, and it's, like the, it's like the curtains were, were drawn back on him as, a, as, as father, yeah. what, what did that feel like for you? What was it that you now felt or could see or knew that you didn't before? I think I was more more willing to abandon myself to somebody that loved me like that <laughs> rather than somebody who I thought maybe I could trust rather than somebody I would yeah, yield myself totally to. 
See, your, uh, your ability to, your invitation to yield was because of the encounter the, yeah. uh, and how he showed himself to you. Yeah. So in that encounter, I'm trying not to lead the witness. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking you because I'm fascinated. I love encounters with God when people yeah. have encounters and I love to pick them apart, not in a dissecting way, but in a way. <laughs> like, basically, Mike said, this is what I'm fascinated <laughs> in, and we'll get to you. But yeah. <laughs> Mike said yes to Jesus and for 21 years lived in theory, walking with Jesus. I'm not saying he was or wasn't. I didn't know him. And then suddenly, in one moment, God reveals himself to Mike as father. And his life changes. I don't know about you. I want to know that moment. I want to walk in the fruit of that moment. And Mike said he's been walking out, essentially walking out that moment ever since. Who, who here wants a moment like that? Like, like seriously, I do. And I feel like I've had one, and yet I want another one, and I want another one. And God is dad. What's he like? I just remembered something. He stopped me breathing, and I didn't notice it. After about 20 minutes, I didn't breathe. And I shared it with friends later, and they said, we stopped breathing for 20 minutes as well. He can do what he likes if you're willing to yield to it. What's he like? Because <laughs> most people are now terrified. They're just... <laughs> They're just checking. They can still do the whole in out thing. <laughs> What's he like as a father? If you let him in, he's overwhelming. He's just so good. He's got a turning. You think you're in a, in a fix that can't be fixed. He can turn it, but you have to yield. You have to stop struggling. Don't struggle. Stop kicking. Stop kicking. <laughs> Stop breathing as well. (laughs) (laughs) And Ollie, for you, um, we've heard some of what has happened for you, but in the past here, um, and one day we're going to record a podcast with you. Um, There we go, it's a big reveal. What, What happened for you that you felt like you started to be introduced to a father who loved you? Um, so I've shared briefly with many of you some of my story and I won't go into the, the fullness of it because we haven't got time um, but I was searching for God uh, or a higher power to put my faith in and I, I was lost um, and yourself and Nick were the sign that I needed in all honesty you came in that day uh, for no reason, as you said, there was no purpose to your visit other than to, to come and have a look round. I hadn't seen you in many years. Um, and I just felt overcome to tell you what was going on. I think we spent about 20 minutes just unloading everything that's been happening in my life to you. Um, and as you know, that day I, I wasn't able to walk. I couldn't put any weight on the right side of my body. And it was almost like I was waiting for a sign, waiting for something to come and reveal itself to me or himself or whatever that may have been at that point for me. Um, At that point, you said, John, we're going to pray for you. And I said, okay, I I fully expected you to to go home and pray for me. I wasn't ready for (laughs) (laughs) right there and then. Uh, But that was was a, a slap in the face experience in a good way, not in like a bad way. Um, and as, as many know, I, I woke up the next day, the pain was gone and I was walking, and that was the sign of, okay, 
surrender time now. Wow, I know where I'm headed. I know who Father is. It was a real wake-up moment. Um, a lot of people, like you said, said, I know that you walk, you say yes to Jesus and then walk through your life getting closer and closer. And I still am, but that, it was at that moment where I had that calling moment for him. And what did that, what did that feel like for you? Fullness. It okay. was a fullness I'd never known um, and still do today in terms of for 30 years, I think I've been trying to fill a hole in my soul with anything, obsess- obsessions, um, anything to change the way I feel. And I could never be alone, but now I'm never alone. And that is a big thing for me is, is the peace. I mean, if just pause for a moment, it's just that silence and how comforting that is knowing that he's with you. His spirit is all around at all times. It's, it's miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. And hmm, trying to think how to word this. Trying to, I'm trying to ask you a question that doesn't make this difficult for you. I know that sometimes a relationship with an earthly dad can be complex, shall we say, sometimes even downright difficult. And that is your father. And then you get introduced to your father. How have you found bridging that gap between your earthly father and like, ah, the father, heavenly father? Um, Uh, So in terms of the difference between, um, there's no comparison. I, I personally... For, for me, in my experience, in my life, um, relationship with my father today as God is all I could have ever wanted and all I have needed my entire life. Uh, but it has taken this point to, you know, this length of time to get here. Um, in terms of bridging the gap, father makes me a better parent. Okay. He's given me guidance that perhaps I haven't had before. Um, from a fatherly figure, um, he makes me a better person. You know, like Mike said, to to love like he does, to know that love, that fullness. You know, in obedience, in surrender. There's another word that I noted a minute ago. Impatience. Um, you know, waiting on him, and doing his will, and doing it his way, is is a powerful thing, and it makes all the difference in our lives. What's he like? It's funny you say that. <laughs> um, when you asked me uh, the other day to come up here, I did some prayers around it before I accepted because I wanted to uh, make sure that I would hear from him and have the words to say. Um, he gave me that, so I accepted. <laughs> Good. Um, I've already touched on a lot of my notes that I've already put in here, but the biggest one for me is knowing Father is to understand that he's not just this big, omnipotent being. He's not just this untouchable, you know, unreachable entity that we should fear. He is Father. He is loving. He is here with us. You know, in terms of what I've actually put down in terms of my notes is one of the biggest things in this room on a Sunday is that he is in our midst and it is recognising that, that the spirit is coming in and 
flowing through us, surrounding us in everything we think we say or do. And if we turn our hearts to God and turn our hearts to Christ and surrender and put all our hope in Christ and Father, then we have nothing to fear. We just have nothing to fear whatsoever from the air that we breathe, thanks Mike, <laughs> to the seats that we sit on. You know, everything at some point in, this, that in their creation has come from Father. And it's being grateful for that and recognizing that and, and trying to see that in every waking moment of my day. Yeah. And Anna, you first said yes when you were seven. So not long ago, obviously. Um, right answer, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Herb's just tipped me the nod. <laughs> how what's the difference for you between a religion that you follow and the relationship that you live in with the father it was a massive difference um i went to a really i was really fortunate to go to a fantastic church growing up and have brilliant parents that walked God, lived God, and it was in everything. Um, and going to that church, I learned lots about God, and I developed my faith, and I learned the steps, and I learned what to say, what not to say, when to say it, when not to say it, and to do all of those things. And the pastors there were fantastic and encouraged me and sent me to do all these different things, and it was great. Um, but then as I grew and I became my own person, so to speak, and gained more of my own faith rather than um, the faith of my parents hanging on to their coattails um, and the faith of those that were around me in my youth group, it became more of a, well, why am I doing this? What, why do I act in that way why yeah. do I do yeah. this particular thing and I ask lots and lots of questions not in a negative way questioning is not a bad thing it's a really good thing it's really healthy um, and it's become a case of sometimes I will sit back and I've had to reprogram myself I think even as an adult to be honest as I married Herb who's Herb that's all I'll say <laughs> that's, that's the best description of him I've ever heard <laughs> I've had to question some stuff and sometimes we kind of, you know, we tussle and we argue over things. And I go, no, I don't think that. Um, and sometimes it's me kicking against the things that perhaps I've been taught or grown up because that's the way we do Christianity um, and that's how church is done. Um, which there isn't a negative in that. I don't think that's bad, but I think it's bad when it stops you actually thinking about why you do it and what the purpose is behind it. Um, and actually looking at what I'm doing and what I'm saying and saying, well, is there any authenticity in this or am I just giving you a pat answer? This is what we know. you know, This is what we trundle out as our Christian answer. And actually saying, no, this is the raw reality of it. This is mm. the guts and the nastiness and the yucky bits and the bits that I don't actually know. And I go, don't know. And it's okay to say you don't know. Um, and so the difference between the re religiosity, I would say, is the fact that you can give these pat answers and you know, you know it all in your head, but then the religiosity changes when it goes from your head down to your heart. Come and you on. get that realisation that actually 
all that foundational stuff you've learned is awesome because it gives you grounding, it gives you foundations. But until it transfers to your heart, it's nothing. It is religiosity and it's not a walk. It is just doing the thing. That's just Christianity. But Christianity and faith are two different things. You've got to live your faith, not just the Christian path. And it's hard to get it from here to here. I'm not saying that's easy. No, no, no. So when the Bible says about knowing God, it doesn't mean factually knowing God. The Bible talks about knowing God in terms of a way a husband knows his wife or wife knows her husband. And that even speaking of a sexual intimacy, obviously it's not a sexual relationship with God, but it is is that level of intimacy. It's a knowing. It's a knowing him rather than a knowing him. So there's a conversation in John chapter 3 between Jesus and Nicodemus. um, And... They, they're having a conversation about being born again. And one of the things that Jesus says around this subject is, is Nicodemus is saying, well, how, how can you, you can't be, how, what do you mean born again? You can't be born again. You can't um, come out of your mother's womb again and, and this whole conversation. And obviously him and Nicodemus, they have this lovely interchange between them, exchange between them. But what Jesus ends up saying is this line. He says something like, with man, this is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. So we can know about God and not need God. Right? We can read the Bible and learn about what God is like. But what about the moving from there to there? How, how do you get it to move from... If you can only, therefore, you can only, what he's saying there is you, basically you can only be saved... You can only be born again if God's involved. Because he says, with man, this is impossible. You can't manufacture this. You can read your Bible through Bible in a year and get every sticker there is known to man, and you even get a little badge. But with man, this is impossible. But with God, nothing's impossible. So how do you invite God to help that go from there to there? I think it's a continual thing. It's not something that happens in... Done, tick, done. Um, but it's all about surrender. Um, because whilst you've got it up here, you've got the control. Come on. And as soon as you turn around and say, okay, God, I've got my foundation. I've been taught these amazing things about you. But actually, I want more. I need more. I yeah. give it all up. That's when the transfer happens. And it's, oh, it's so worth it. It really is worth it. It's really hard. I think for females it can be particularly hard because we like to control. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> Bless you, Herbie. Bless Herb you. doesn't let me. Um, <laughs> but it's, oh, it's, it's... It takes a Christian walk from being a Christian walk to a lifestyle where you actually go this isn't just something I do this is something I am so it's it's not about knowing all the answers it is about surrender and just saying God do it I can't do it you've got to do it yeah Um, Mike what's the most 
What's the most recent thing that God has revealed to you about himself? <clears throat> now, I know while, while he... I'm going to buy him a little bit of time here. I know he's not about to tell me something from 1994. <laughs> if not him revealing, what's the most recent thing that you've been marvelling at about what he's like or he's been showing you, you've been leaning into... It's gone blank, sorry. I'll jump in on that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to you, Mike. It's all right. That's yeah. right, yeah, give you a, Same question. Give you a moment. Um, just this week, you know, like we said about stepping stones, with you asking me to do that, and I, I have this way of reading the Bible. I tried when I got my Bible to read it front to back. It wasn't working for me. I tried to do the daily read of the, you know, you have this passage and then a bit of this and a bit of that. That wasn't working for me, and now I just let it speak to me as and when I feel God is instructed me to open open the the book Uh, and I just tend to open the Bible to wherever it leads me and there were two passages after our um, after my prayer time that came to me and it was based on for me that faith without work for me is dead you know we have a duty to to father and you know to speak the word of a living God not you know, something that was written yeah. thousands upon thousands of years ago. He is here with us today. And if it's okay, I'm going to share a couple of passages just quickly. Uh, one's from 2 Corinthians, Corinthians uh, 3 to 6, and that is, even if our gospel message is veiled, it is only veiled to those who are perishing, for their minds have been blinded by the God of this age. Leaving them in unbelief, their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring light of the wonderful news of the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the divine image of God. We don't preach ourselves, but rather the lordship of Jesus Christ, for we are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who has cascaded his light into us, the brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. And for me, the, just the next one that came along was Ephesians 4, 13 to 15. These grace ministries will function until we attain oneness into faith, until we all experience the fullness of what is, it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong, always sincere in our love as we express the truth. In our direction and ministries, will follow from Christ, sorry, flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. So for me, that was a real sign of, you know, Faith is through relationship with Father. Yeah. It's not based on text. It's not based on church or, as you said, productions that we don't we don't do all that. It's just it's about good. it's about your relationship. Yeah. <clears throat> so we we 
We're going to pray in a sec. What is the one characteristic, I'm asking all three of you, what is the one characteristic of God that most undoes you? I think for me it's the unconditionalness. I don't have to perform. no need for anything else that's the one for me you know, I don't need to put my faith in any material items or people or you know, nothing it'll never let me down it's forever and always it's constant we change on a daily and moment by moment basis but he doesn't he's faithful he's faithful he's faithful in Galatians, faith outworking itself through love. Faith and love are interlinked. He's faithful and he's love. He does what he promises. Just um, to, don't have a conversation because we'll get distracted, but turn to the person, someone near you, tell them what is the thing, what is the thing about God? I, I know about, when I say I know about God's majesty, I like Yes, he's majestic. It's incredible. When someone starts to tell me about God's faithfulness and his consistency towards us, I, like now, I just choke up like I can't. That's the thing. What is the thing for you that undoes you about God? Just tell someone near you. Let's, let's just gather back in a moment, if we can. Never want to slow people down from talking about how much they love the Father. Um, here's, the, here's the thing, right? You listen to these three talk. Um, Ashford is not going to be transformed. Your workplace is not going to be transformed. Your street is not going to be transformed. This town, this city, this county, nation 
is not going to be transformed by our knowledge of God. And the main barrier between knowing about God and knowing God is surrender. So there are some people who would identify, Chris, there seems to be a leaning at the moment from Numa Church into having an encounter. And it's not all about encounters. Totally agree. It's not all about encounters. But we're never going to change Ashford and this county and this nation for God unless we do have one. Unless we continue to walk in one. Absolutely, yes, we need the Bible. Of course we need to anchor ourselves and not go off in weird, airy, fairy land. And God is perfectly willing to do some stuff that you might not find in the Bible. Just to mess with you. Because he wants to break off that religion that says you can do it by numbers. And if you'll let him, he will keep talking and keep revealing himself like these three have all testified to. He'll keep showing you more. All you've got to do is slow down and invite him. This week, God showed me something. I mean, I said yes to him when I was 13. I'm 51. Um, You you can come again. (laughs) Lifetime pass. Um, So however many, whatever many many years that is. Um, So coming up 40, 38 years. And only this week, I felt God show me that he said, Chris, you still feel like unless you are performing well and doing well, reading my Bible, having my quiet times, helping old ladies across the road, not shouting at the kids, all the things that you're supposed to do. I know that those things aren't required of me. And yet, I keep my distance from him until I'm doing them better. Nearly 40 years I've been following him. I didn't even know I did it. And he showed me this week, Chris, that's what you do. Do you think I'm any less proud of you? Because you've shouted at the kids and you push that old lady into the road. And like, <laughs> do, you think, do you think I'm any less proud of you? Yes, I do, God. I feel like, I feel like I'm letting you down. And he says, you cannot let me down. It is an impossibility for you to let me down. All you can do is keep yourself distance from me because shame will try and hide you and say you should be doing better. This isn't about me. That's not the point. The point is this. I said yes 38 years ago. We have to keep having these spaces of encounter, whatever pattern you need to make in your life. Oh, I pray on the fly. Good for you. We all pray on the fly. But God's just waiting. Shh. Just come aside. Let's just do a bit of life together. Let's sit with each other. I've got some stuff, Chris, in my case. Some stuff, Chris, I want to talk to you about. I want to show you. I want to reveal more of myself to you. And so as we move on from this place, and please do come on the 6th, 7th, that beginning one in October, (laughs) 
This is definitely, yeah, this is definitely going to be the theme of the day. God is looking to encounter us as a group of people and as individuals. And we live in an encounter with God. So let's, um, let's stand. We need to pray and wrap up. Well, Father, first of all, just bless these three for what they brought this morning. They ushered in something of you, God, that's so precious. And God, for those people who feel like they've screwed up, they're not good enough, and I don't mean screwed up like they've gone and done something massive, even maybe they've just drifted from you a bit. It doesn't matter what it is. But we think of the parable of the prodigal son. And the son comes back and he rehearses in advance his speech to the dad. I'm sorry I have failed you. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I've screwed up. I've this, that and the other. And the dad was interested in one thing. He's back. That's all. My son is back. And the son starts this speech. And the dad doesn't even listen. You read it in Luke 15. The, son does, the dad doesn't even listen. He doesn't care. Instead, he speaks to his servants and says, get the ring. Get my robe. I mean, he would have stunk of pig poo. He would have been disheveled and unkempt and he puts his best robe on him and his ring on him and he says, I don't care, he's back. And he runs towards him. No Middle Eastern man who has any dignity ever runs. But he sees his son from afar off. Why? Because he's been looking for him. And in that moment, the son learns something about what the dad is like. And we need to wrap up here, but Father, will you please come and encounter us as individuals and as a whole group of people, as a whole family here? Just right now in your heart, just like amen to that, but just like, yes, God, that's what I want. I want to meet you. I want you to wake me up and reveal more of yourself to me. As Mike said, he was overwhelmed. God, I want to be overwhelmed. If you're no respect of persons and you did that for Mike, you can do it for me, right? Will you come and visit me? I want to be overwhelmed too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.